Hey, let's stand together and let's open our Bibles uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, we've been talking about the church and how we see church, how we think about church. And so we've been looking at a couple of the metaphors that the Spirit of God uses to help us comprehend how God wants us to see and capture the idea of church. If when we think church, your first thought is a building, then you've probably gotten caught up a little bit in American culture. And you need to rethink what this word means. And so that's what we're doing over these couple of weeks. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Father, we thank you today for what you plan to do in our lives through the church. How you call us to be a part of something that is bigger than us and yet ministers to us. And so today, Father, we pray that our mind and our thinking would not be culturalized, but that it would be biblical in the way we think and the way we see so that we can be who you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to think about this scripture we just read for a moment and what it says about connection. Think about this, how Paul is talking to this church under the inspiration of the Spirit and talking to them about how they see themselves connected to each other, the depth of the relationship. You know, we see things like this throughout Scripture when we think about a husband and wife coming together and becoming one. And now we see this in Scripture where the church under the power of the Spirit of God, becomes one body. The challenge over these last few weeks is for you to examine how you think about church because how you think about church, how you see the church, is going to impact how you relate to it, how you work in it, how you respond in it, what you do when things are disappointing, what you do when things are, are exciting. And our warning has been that in, in American culture, we have the tendency to see our experiences through the eyes of a consumer. We are consumer-driven. Two weeks ago, we talked about how this impacts our view of preaching and really how it impacts our view of worship and worship styles and how we come into a worship setting. Ryan spoke last week about the, the metaphor of the family and how the church is described as a family. Now, today we want to think about this a little bit more. You know, when I think about a local restaurant 
and I think about, uh, you know, say, you know, Papa Frank's, I think about baked mozzicoli. When I think about Mariah's, I think about great bread and chicken alfredo. I think about Longhorn, I think about salmon and steak. When I think about steak and shake, I think about cheeseburgers and chili mac. Really good stuff. (laughs) I think that way because I'm a consumer. I go there as a consumer. I walk in the door as a consumer. Someone who goes there and expects to be served expects to be taken care of, and I'm going there because there's something there that I want to consume. I'm a consumer. But what does the owner think? What does the waiter or waitress think when they think about that restaurant? What's their mindset? They're thinking about the work that's to be done, the prep that has to be taken, the service that has to be offered. When I leave, I'm thinking about, okay, was the food good? Was the service good? And if it was, I'm really happy. Well, what does the owner think at the end of the day? He's thinking about, boy, that was a a hard day's work. We served people as well as we could. He's probably exhausted. I want to leave refreshed. The owner leaves exhausted. I talked to a lot of owners over the years. Say, have you ever been to my restaurant? Say, well, no, no, I, I haven't. They say, oh, you got to come try our burgers. Oh, you got to come try our pasta. Oh, you got to come try our steak. They are talking to me in that moment as a consumer. They recognize who I am. And they're presenting what they're offering to me as a consumer, but they're still seeing themselves as the one who's serving. They're the server. How do you see yourself in church? How do you see yourself as part of a church? Are you a consumer or have you begun to see yourself as one of the workers, as one of the servants, as one of the people in the church to make it do what God wants it to do? The metaphor the Bible uses in this scripture is a body. And yet I would tell you, that as you read this scripture carefully, it is more than a metaphor. It is a spiritual position. It is something that God does in us and in our spirit when we come to Christ. When you are born again, you are baptized, this scripture says, into the body of Christ. We're not talking about water baptism here. Water baptism is a a statement, a spiritual act, a physical and spiritual act that proclaims to others and into the heavenlies that you have accepted Christ into your life and spiritual things happen in it. But it's a testimony of what has already happened to you that you have been baptized by the Spirit of God into the body of Christ. This is why we tell you if you, have, if you were baptized as a baby and you've never been baptized since you were born again, you need to sign up and get baptized again. Thank God for what your parents did for you. But you need to make a decision to follow Christ in baptism. If you haven't done that, you need to get one of those cards in front of you and fill it out. Now listen again to 1 Corinthians 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, 
And all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, capital S, the spirit of God, one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of one spirit, for the body does not consist of one member but of many. Now Paul is talking uh, to a church with real issues in Corinthians. They were divided over leadership. Some were saying that they followed Paul. Some were saying they followed Apollos. Some were saying they followed Peter. There was real division about who they, who they, were, who they were following. When really in the body, he was trying to, con- to, to communicate them. Christ is the head of the body. And we serve him and him only. He is the head of the church. And we are under his care and under his order. And this issue of leadership and who do we follow all needs to be set aside as we commit ourselves to follow Christ. This church has had issues of jealousy over spiritual gifts. They're divided over spiritual gifts. They've set a hierarchy of which spiritual gifts are the most important gifts and which ones aren't the most important gifts. And because of it, some people are not you know, are seeing themselves as better than other people, and uh, some people are seeing their gifts as not being uh, of that much value, so they're not even showing up at times. And Paul is saying to them, no, all of these gifts are important. God gives them as he orders them, and he takes all of these various members to form a body. They were self-serving around communion, He was telling them, no, we need to be a body. Paul writes, for in one spirit we were baptized into one body. This is exactly what happens to us at salvation. The Holy Spirit convicts us. There's a moment in time where you're listening to somebody preach, you're reading a message somebody shared, somebody sharing their testimony with you and asking you about your relationship with God. You're laying in your bed at night and you're thinking about the things of God and all the things you've heard and conviction by the Holy Spirit comes upon your spirit and you've got a decision to make. Am I going to surrender my life to Christ or am I not? Your mind becomes convinced that he is who he says he is. Your heart becomes drawn, and you open your life to Christ. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. It may happen around an altar just like this. It may happen in a car while you're driving down the street. It may happen in a room alone at night. But the Holy Spirit is talking to you, and when you open your heart, he brings you into the body of Christ, and he draws us in. For us to be right before the Father and our Lord, we have to surrender our life to Christ. We have to come to this point where we recognize that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died for our sins. He gave himself on the cross to pay our price so that we could stand before God righteous forgiven, whole. 
We now become a part of the body of Christ. We are immersed spiritually into the body of Christ. There's spiritual connection, like a family connected. Some are born in, you know, when you think about, when I think about my family, <laughs> my personal family, uh, Renee and I got married, and we formed a family. Since then, since then, some have been born into our family. Since then, some have married into our family. We can talk about how much will I have in that at some other time, but no, I'm very blessed. Married into our family. Some, God has brought into our family other ways and have been adopted into our family. No matter which way it is, they're part of the family. No matter which way they came into the family, they're connected in the family. No matter which way they got settled in with us, whether God brought them into our life through birth, whether he brought them in through marriage, whether God birthed them into our family in other ways, when we think about our family and we take the family portrait, we all get up together and we stand there together, all of us. This is our family. That's exactly what God does to us. It's what Paul's saying to them. Jews are Greeks, slaves are free. They're baptized into one family. We all come into one, but he takes it deeper. He says, we come into one body. We come into the body of Christ. This is real church. Not a bunch of people who attend a place because they like the salmon. But a group of people who become connected together by the Spirit of God connecting them into relationship together. This is how God wants us to see the church. The church is the body of Christ on this earth, and we are cre a created part of the body. Whether you were raised in the church all of your life or you didn't become a Christian until you were 50, it doesn't matter whether you have a background of Christianity or you have a background of something else, whether you have no background at all. The moment you receive Christ, you are born into the body of Christ. God wants you to know you belong. You belong. This is where wholeness is discovered. Over 16 times in just these few verses, chapter 12, Paul uses this metaphor of the body trying to help this church that is troubled, this church of Corinth that is having so many issues, trying to help them to see. Listen, think about how your body works. This is how the church is supposed to work. The metaphor of the body is used so that we will see the strong connection we are supposed to walk in with each other, that we're supposed to be connected. Now, friends, in some sense, Paul is talking about the universal church that transcends time and space. We're part of the same church that Paul was a part of. 
We're a part of the same church that Peter was a part of. We're part of the same church, the same body of Christ that believers in Vietnam or, or China or Africa that they're a part of. We're a part of this great universal church. We all have a role to play in that great universal church. But that doesn't dismiss the fact that Paul is speaking very specifically in this writing to a local church, to a group of people in a community. Paul is talking about the local church where we actively live in connection with each other, where we're supposed to know each other, carry each other's burdens, celebrate with each other's victories, be, be beside each other through the thick and thin of life. See, it's impossible to read this passage and honestly see ourselves as independent believers that are not connected to anything locally but the universal church. This passage is a passage that the Holy Spirit is calling a group of local people to understand that you were gifted and placed where you are for the building up of others. It's a revelation of the Spirit to, to us. He goes on to say, If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would, the sense of, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Listen, how do you arrange them? Do I arrange them? Do you get to arrange them? God arranges them. He puts us where he wants us to be. He gifts us the way he wants to gift us, and we're called to do our part in it. If our part is hearing, to hear. If our part is seeing, to see. Whatever our part is, we are to do it. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which is our more. That there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. But you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. The family is intimate. It's supposed to be this life-giving place. Supposed to be this place where we care for each other and we support each other and we speak truth to each other and where we listen deeply to one another, where we receive advice from one another and we know it's loving advice and selfless advice. And, you know, it's a sad thing when, when somebody <laughs> goes into their family and their family that loves them is trying to give them advice to protect them from disaster and they're seeing their family as being selfish instead of seeing their family as family. 
supposed to be connected. But there is nothing more intimate than the body, the interconnected pieces of the body. And the Spirit of God is saying to us, listen, you have been baptized into one body. The church is revealed as a body. As followers of Christ, we are members of that body. Each part of the body serves the rest of the body. And when that happens, life flows naturally to all the parts as each part fulfills its purpose. None of the parts can have life to the full without the other parts doing their job. But because we're Americans and we are fiercely independent and we want to see ourselves as independent, we don't understand at times. We miss this concept, this biblical concept that the fullness of life comes in connection. It comes in us doing our part to serve others in the body and others doing their part in the body to serve the body. And it's in that place where we find the fullness of life. But we want to register our independence as we walk in the door and not need anyone. When Paul is telling us, no, you need everyone. And everyone needs you. They need you to serve the way you're supposed to serve. Life comes in the fullness of service. This is why some find the church boring. It's why some find the church to be uncaring. It's why some find the church not to be relevant. Because they come simply to be served. And they miss the fullness of God. They want everybody to pour life into them. They want every service to pour life into them. And because they never pour life into anybody else, they become like the Dead Sea. And all of a sudden, church isn't all that important to them anymore. Diversity is characteristic of the body of Christ. Just like your body is diverse. Diversity is characteristic of the body of Christ. But love, as Paul's about to detail in the next chapter, in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, is essential for real church to produce real life. If we're really going to find the life God has for us, if we're really going to be the church, we've got to be connected. Disclaiming responsibility does not remove responsibility. Uh, just you know, try that out at home. You come home, you tell your child, go straighten up your room, and you ask them later, did you get your room straightened up? And they go, that's not my problem. Is it about to become their problem? In my home, it's, going about, it's about to become their problem. We're about to have a new awakening about what is your responsibility. Here's the truth in the, in the body of Christ, friends. We have this responsibility. We, can, we cannot free ourselves from it. God has placed us there intentionally. And it's not a burden. It's where life is found. When we find that place and we begin to serve, we have no right 
because we want to do something else and spend time someplace else or use our money on someplace, something else or to use our talents from someplace else to give, to remove ourselves from the God-given responsibility of being connected in the body of Christ. Now let me, let me really make that, that clear. Not even if I don't like the way the rest of the body's treating me. If the rest of the body is diseased, if the rest of the body is broken, if the rest of the body is wounded, all the more do I need to serve the rest of the body. Not less. All the more I want the body to live. I want the body to, be, to function. I'm, I'm supposed to support the rest of I am called to do my part. Here's a revelation of God to us. When Jesus was on the earth, he was the incarnate, he was incarnate in a single body. Now he's incarnate in the world through the church. And that becomes more and more powerful as we are connected. The church cannot be alive without Jesus ruling in the church. And he does that through his submitted members doing their calling in the local body. When any person rejects the rule of Christ, in the, ch the church is weakened. When any person rejects their place in the church, they, they lose the life that comes through the church to them. When any church rejects the rule of Christ, the church dies. This is why we say that the fullness of life is found when we're a submitted part of the body of Christ. You are made body, soul, and spirit. And the spirit is supposed to be connected to God, but it was separated from that connection by sin. And when the spirit of God moved in us because of the work of Christ and we received the work of Christ in our life, we were that sin gap was covered by the cross we were reconnected to God and when we became reconnected to God we became reconnected to each other to carry one another's burdens if you're looking for peace if you're looking for happiness if you need things to dull the pain and suffering of this life if you're struggling with anger or frustration let me tell you what Jesus came into this earth to reconnect you with the Father in heaven he came into this earth to connect you to the body of Christ to his body so that the spirit can flow through you and into you to bring healing into your life in every way that's the Lord's work in us but we can't listen we just can't see the church as consumers. The sooner you give that up, the sooner we surrender that idea, the sooner we begin to walk in the church saying, God, how do you want to use my gifts today to encourage somebody else? The sooner we walk through this life saying, God, I'm sensitive to your spirit. How would you lead me today? What would you do with me today? How would you use me today? So if he drops somebody's name in your heart, you call him, you go see him, you minister to him, you encourage him. The sooner we become the living, active body of Christ, the more joy you're going to find in Christ. The more life you're going to find in Christ. And the more life you're going to pour into others.
The church is a body. And the question remains, are you a healthy part of the body? Are you doing what you were created to do? Are you a broken part of the body? Let's stand together today and let's pray. Prayer teams, come on down, would you please? Father, I thank you for this church, this local church. And Lord, I know many have have come to this conclusion and are deeply connected in your fellowship, connected to you, connected to each other. But Lord, help all of us at whatever stage of understanding we're at for our understanding of the church to grow. For Father, we know that the misunderstanding of what the church is in our life can really lead us to disappointment, misunderstanding. But when we discover what it really is and what our role is, and there, there we can find the reward of life. So speak to every heart today. Father, there may be some in this room, you know the condition of every spirit. There may be some in this room that need to fully surrender their life to you today for the very first time. Lord, we've we've sang about you. We've listened to great music that glorifies your name. And now, Lord, once again, we just proclaim that there's only one way to heaven. And Father, if there's someone in this room that needs to surrender their heart to you today, let them know it by the convicting power of your spirit in this moment, we pray. In Jesus' name. As every head's bowed, every eye closed. Just say, Pastors, you've been talking today. I, I sense this surge of the spirit. I, need, I want to make sure my heart's right with God. Friends, this is the, absolutely the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Have you surrendered your life to Christ as your Lord? And as your Savior, I surrender my life to Him as my Savior. I, because of that, I get to get to heaven. But I also surrender my life, I have to surrender my life to Him as my Lord to show me how to live on this earth. Just say, Pastor, I need to do that today. Would you just raise your hand right now in Jesus' name? I'm looking around. Anyone else looking around? No, just me. Raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. God bless you. I see these hands others today. You'll raise your hand and say, pray for me today. Hallelujah. Father, you know every condition of every heart. You know hearts today that are filled with joy. You know hearts today that are filled with pain. You know those, Father, from our fellowship who are very sick today. You know those who may come into this place struggling with something in their body today. Father, you know those who may struggle with addiction or an issue in their family today. We're so grateful that you hear our prayers. And these next few moments, we just pray you'd meet with us. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's what's going to happen. Tonight, we're going to come back and have a great night. I'm looking forward to tonight, aren't you? It's going to be a great night. We're going to sing a song right now. And if you have a need or you're standing next to a friend that you know has a need, we want you to know God answers prayer. Take them by the hand. Bring them on down front.
come on down by yourself. One of our prayer teams are happy to pray. If you raised your hand just a moment ago to ask Christ into your life, take this next step with us now and come down and let one of these teams pray with you. Whether it's that or whether you're going through something personally or something in your family or something in your body. Come let somebody pray for you. We believe prayer changes things. Amen? God bless you. Hey, I love you, and I'm thrilled to be a part of the body of Christ with you in Springfield, Illinois. God bless you.